last word on health on Today FM. With Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label. Dr. Brian Higgins is with us for our weekly health spot to help yourself. And maybe, hopefully, you won't have to go to the doctor or go to a hospital. Um, we had, earlier in the week, Brian, we had Helen Vaughan, our resident psychotherapist, with us. She was talking about New Year's resolutions and she doesn't even like the expression because she thinks people perhaps aim too big and they need to make incremental changes. Is that the way people perhaps should approach their own health? Yeah, I, I'd agree 100%. I think when it comes to uh, planning your New Year's resolution, I think that picking a specific large resolution puts an awful lot of pressure on a person and um, things change in life and who knows what could happen. And if there's something that you're really have your heart set on that you want to do for you and it's large and you can't do it. It can actually be associated uh, with feelings of failure, which are pretty toxic and they can actually set you back. So sometimes uh, setting yourself a New Year's resolution that's maybe a bit too big um, can backfire and have negative health consequences. Counterproductive. So So if you're forever safe, you're convinced yourself, I'm going to lose a stone in weight and I'm going to diet, that it can actually make you start thinking of food. Absolutely. And as well, weight loss, as we've talked about before in the program, is incredibly, incredibly complicated. And I'm a big believer of uh, numbers are only numbers, especially when it comes to weight. And people really shouldn't focus on weight loss. You should focus on health gain. And that's why uh, doing small incremental changes are really beneficial. Because if a patient comes to me who's a little bit overweight, um, comes back to me three months later and they're still a little bit overweight, but they're now walking every day and they're eating a lot better and they've stopped smoking. Even though that person's weight hasn't changed, their 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 overall life expectancy will be better, their health will be better, their functional fitness will be better, but the scales might say the same thing. And that's why I'm a big believer in not focusing on numbers. Okay, but you would cut out the smoking though, wouldn't you, if that's what you do? Yeah, when it comes to health, there are three massive things that people can do uh, to, well, there's three things that people can do that will make massive changes to their health. The first thing is exercise. Second thing is stopping smoking. And the last thing is uh, moderating alcohol consumption. And those three things um, can have a massive effect on somebody's health and their life expectancy. And sometimes what we don't think of is actually um, our functionality and our ability to do and live and enjoy ourselves when we reach 60, 70 and 80. So it's a long-term investment. Absolutely. Okay. But when you talk about moderating alcohol consumption, again, do you have to sort of work on a step-down basis rather than going cold turkey on it? It depends on your relationship with alcohol. Um People can get, there are a lot of people out there who are habitual alcohol drinkers and can unwittingly actually go well in excess of what would be a safe amount of alcohol. And that's a little bit different for men and women. We talk about these standard drinks. And what a standard drink is, is a half pint or it's a small glass of wine. And generally in women, uh, people, women are able to tolerate about 11 of those per week and men about 16 or 17 of those standard drinks. So you're talking about really um, 
eight points for a man and five points or five, what would you say, normal glasses of wine as they do tend to be a little bit bigger than the standard measures for women per week. Um, and anything more than that can have a really significant effect, not only on um, general health, but can also increase cancer risk and kind of a very negative effect on people's mental health because it does deplete serotonin and can uh, temporarily, the thing about alcohol is it makes people not care. And if you're suffering with anxiety, not caring can be a big release from your anxiety. But the problem is by depleting your serotonin levels, those feel good hormones the next day, the day after drinking, people's anxiety and mental health is often a lot worse, which can make, pe- make people re- reach for the for the bottle again. And that's why if you feel that you've any way an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, sometimes you are actually just better out, better off cutting it out altogether. But if you're a person who maybe has a glass or two at night out of habit, definitely cutting it down to those safer levels of less than two units a day is a much better place to be. Now, this might be a slightly controversial one with some people, but what about getting your vaccines up to date? Because I am meeting a lot of people and ask them, have you got a flu vaccine? No, I never bother getting a flu vaccine. Are you getting your third dose of your COVID vaccine? No, no, don't want to do that. That this is sort of a vaccine resistance has grown and a scepticism. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a pity because, um, I think people who are sometimes who are very negative towards vaccines probably get a bit more attention than they deserve. Um, vaccines have, nothing has changed human life expectancy and our health like vaccines. And I suppose we live in a time which is incredibly, incredibly safe. And we don't see people crippled from polio. We don't see kids dying from measles or rubella. Um, so we don't really understand the severity of the illnesses that were, that are vaccine preventable. Um, and I think thankfully now, uh, with such high levels of COVID vaccination in the community. We're not seeing people getting as sick, so people aren't as worried and are, are choosing not to get vaccinated. But um, it's a personal choice, but I'd always strongly encourage my patients. When it comes to flu, um, I always find it really interesting. People often will say they've had the flu, but haven't. Once you've had the flu, it's really like being hit by a train. You get temperatures of about 40 degrees. You're barely able to get out of work. It's one of the one of the sickest you'll ever see anybody's when they have the flu. And I can guarantee you anyone who's ever actually had the flu will pretty much always get their vaccine every year after that. Yeah, but a lot of people underplay it. They say or downplay it. I'm sure it's only the flu. So maybe it isn't really the flu that they've had that they think they've exactly. had through the sickness. All right, Dr. Brian Higgins, thank you very much for joining us uh, from Galway Primary Care today. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.